Welcome to Rochester, Minnesota. Day four of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour is in the books. That means the whole dadgum tour is in the books. We've got Brian Grady, Pro Farmer Editor. It's good to see you, buddy. It's been a long week. It has, Chip. Uh, you know, I, I feel good, though. Yeah. Well, you look great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, I, I don't know how you're feeling because you're not looking all that good, Mr. Wilson kind of looking like the corn in minnesota <laughs> you know you're just you're just projecting Green. you're just projecting what you saw today exactly all right let's get right to the numbers here guys because uh, the the numbers have been released brian take us through iowa well uh corn yield 188.2 yeah and that is uh down um no up i'm sorry up 4.7 percent from last year yep. um yeah so uh once we, again, we, we find, uh, you know, bigger corn yields uh, here in the state of Iowa. Um, I will say that uh, when you break it down by district, uh, there's quite a variance. And we kind of knew that. Yeah. You know, uh, there's areas that were too hot and too dry, areas that were too wet, yeah. and areas that were darn near perfect. Okay, before we get too far into the discussion here, go ahead and give us the Iowa bean. Uh, Iowa beans were 1208.99, so we'll just call it 1209. And uh, that was up 10.6%. Okay. So, you know, the theme that we saw across the uh, the entire eastern corn belt, you guys saw it in the western corn belt. Yep. We saw it again in Iowa. Pod counts are up. Okay. Be- before I reopen the show again, let's go ahead and get the Minnesota numbers out there, Jeff. All right. In Minnesota, we found uh, an average yield down 6.7% at 178.7 bushels. And uh, that's uh, a little bit bigger than maybe some people were thinking, but not Minnesota farmers that were on the crop tour yeah. this week. They told us it was bad, yeah. and this is uh, this is bad. The uh, and then we, if we want to go look at the Minnesota soybean pod counts, same story as what we've had in every other state. It's up seven percent from a year ago, at ten ninety, or call it one thousand ninety one pods, yeah. up from one thousand twenty pods a year ago. Right. Okay, so we've got the numbers out of the way. Welcome to the Crop Tour podcast, everyone. Uh, it's it's sponsored by Pioneer. We've been um, getting you the numbers as quick as we can here tonight. Now let's start to dig into these numbers a bit. Brian, Iowa corn up 4.7%. We've been looking at higher ear counts on the eastern leg of the tour all week. Did that continue into Iowa? It did not, Chip. Wow. Uh, we were down eight-tenths of a percent uh on, on ear counts. So that's uh, that's pretty amazing when everybody else is showing higher ear counts, all the other states, and we get to Iowa, and yeah. uh, there it is. It, it's down uh, just less than 1%. Well, Jeff, we ran into that in southwest Iowa in particular. Uh, there's a lot of green snap down there. That might have had a – well, no, it not might have. It did have an influence on that number. Um, and western Iowa in general, it was I think – was all we, down. We, yeah, all, we were all, all down. Yes, so made it up a little bit on grain length in uh, in district four right and in uh one yes so the maturity of the crop how's it look over here well uh not nearly as uh, mature as what it is in the eastern corn belt that's right. for sure uh we saw dented corn um you know broadly across ohio indiana illinois we get into iowa and uh not quite dented yet now, uh day the, day one in iowa on Wednesday afternoon, 
down in the southeast part of the state where it's been drier, what was the maturity down there? Yeah, the, there is some uh, some that's been pushed along, no yeah. doubt about that. But, uh, you know, a, as we moved into this last day and you go up through that eastern uh, side of the state uh, from Iowa City on north, um, you know, we, we had corn that uh, we were pulling samples. And I would pulled one sample personally this, this week that wasn't dented before today. Mm-hmm. And I got some today that uh, I mean there was probably only a handful of my my samples that were actually starting to dent. Yeah, does that make you feel better or more concerned about the Iowa corn yield? Well, it just means we measured more potential, not yeah. as much yield. Uh, we measured a lot of yield when we were out in the uh, the eastern corn belt. Um, so it it means that uh, it could add some, it, it could lose some. Right. Uh, we don't know yet into the finish line. Uh, bigger mystery, I would say, on Iowa uh, than what the other states were. Right. Okay, so that Minnesota corn crop, Jeff, down 6.7%, 178.7 bushels per acre. That compares to a 191.5 that we pulled out of Minnesota a year ago. Maturity on the crop? It's pretty young. Yeah. It's uh, there was still some corn that looked like it just tasseled within the last two weeks. Wow. In central Minnesota, where it, I think some of the heaviest rains had hit. The southwest was a little further along than okay. I think I w- was expecting, just starting to dent. But there were several fields that we did measure that were still in dough. And uh, very big problem in terms of, uh, if you look at the uh, ear count, also down mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Oh, it is. Grain length, also down. And the kernels around, also down. We do have, it's kind of like, it's it's a little bit like Iowa where there is a chance to go up, yep. a chance to subtract, yep. and uh, right now the crop is uh, it's racing a little bit against time, and I would say that the uh, situation is um, it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes from here on forward. Okay. I didn't pull any samples out of Minnesota or out of Iowa, Brian, but the color of that Minnesota corn crop as I was coming down... Uh, making the way across the southern part of the state on I-90. It's not very good. It looks to me like this crop is running out of gas. Chartreuse green is what we it, called it in the car <laughs> all day long. And it was interesting because it was consistently, yes. it was either a really chartreuse green or maybe just a little lime green, yeah. but it was consistent in, across from western through central. It got a little bit better as we got into eastern uh, southern Minnesota. Yeah. But that two thirds of the southern, which is the highest producing parts of the of the of the state, it is running out of gas. Similar to what we saw in uh, Northwest Iowa yesterday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brian, the plant health in in Iowa pretty phenomenal on the yeah. eastern side of the state. Uh, when you go from I eighty north uh, and you just take that that portion through eastern Iowa, boy, it's green, it's lush, it's tall, um, and there's a lot of ears out there. Uh, but um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, the plant health gives me some, uh, some hope that, uh, maybe it will finish solidly. Um, but there are questions there because it still has to get to the finish line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've got the Iowa breakdown, right? On the districts in front of you. I do. Okay. I got to give a shout out to a huge friend of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour, Keith Galing from AgriSource, goes out, puts together a team, gets out into South Central Iowa where uh, we it's just tough for, for, 
for you coming from Iowa City, making it to Rochester, us coming, it, it's just tough for the, the, the scouts to get there. Keith goes out there and pulls us a bunch of samples. He does. Uh, I think he, he was 21, 22, something like Gee. that over two days uh, this year. Yep. Um, you know, so that's a huge help. Yeah. Oh, huge uh, you know, help. And uh, otherwise we would miss uh, a, a bigger portion of that District 8. Right. South Central. Right. So, well, we wouldn't get all 99 counties like we do. Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's the area of the state that has been very dry. Uh, we've been concerned about it. What did Keith find down there for us in Crop District 8? Well, the, the ear counts were way down there, 84.8. So that was the lowest district of, of any of the nine in Iowa. Uh, the grain length was down as well, 6.47. Um, and then the, the kernel rows, they were actually up. And, and uh, just scanning through this quickly, that's the highest kernel rows that we had in any of the districts. Oh, you're right about that ear count being down, too, because a year ago it was 94.33, and the the three-year average is 96.15, and Keith was at 84-something. Yeah, 84.8, so uh, down significantly. Yeah, yeah. But the yield still did pretty good. It, it did. Um, you know, it was a 150.6. I yeah. mean, it, it's given the circumstances and in Keith's comment uh you know he was talking last night in front of Iowa City we got him yeah. up in front of the crowd and, and wanted to uh let him and he, he called me and uh beforehand and he said you know what I there was a lot of these fields I'd pull up and I'm thinking you know maybe 50 or 70 or 100 bushel and I'm going in and I'm, I'm pulling out samples and it's 130 140 150 yeah so it's hanging on way better than than what he thought it would it's better than a year ago but at the same time, it's it's still probably not what the producer wanted. Oh, oh, absolutely. When spring started, so right. uh, the impacts of too hot and too dry down through that area, and and it doesn't isn't just there, but it's into Missouri. Yes. So we know from talking to producers down there that they've the same stuff. Kansas has the same issues. You know, it it's that southern tier of the the corn belt that yeah. uh, you know has struggled the most and and we knew that going into tour but it was confirmed with the uh, the polls that we had there right right um you know a year ago down there in crop district eight it was 141 and a half and now he's in the 150s well they had they had a real struggle last, last year, year too. too yeah yeah it's back-to-back years so yep, yep. doggone it all right beans let's get on to those and talk a little bit about the plant health and everything uh no no, we need to back up. I'm sorry. The big question, kernel depth uh, and, and kernel size. Uh, Brian, I can't imagine that you saw many issues with it today. No. Um, you know, I, I think the, the girth of the year, mm-hmm. I was more impressed actually with, with Illinois on the girth of the year than I was with Iowa. Really? Yeah. I, I You know, they're just long ears, but they, were, they weren't as big big around as you're pulling them off and, We're and girthy yeah yeah and so that that is a you know you, you just you're like oh, okay yeah well but the development's a little bit behind so it is it's, and it's, th- there's a potential to to build that right into the finish line six ten day forecast from the national weather service has got some heat coming in that's the last thing that crop really needs well it has some moisture so that should help yeah. some as long as it isn't uh excessive heat right. uh, but uh so you know we'll see how it, it plays out it, it's much better situation having the soil moisture than being dry going into exactly. it exactly that would finish it Absolutely. at that point in time you know now you, you wave the white flag and it's over with and right. and whatever's out there you've you've backed off somewhat right right 
Jeff, what about uh, about in Minnesota for the kernel size? The ears that uh, we measured today looked a little small. Mm-hmm. They were, we had a tip back. We had problems uh, that even the 14 around, uh, 14 around rows, they weren't, the kernels weren't very big. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't measure anything past central Minnesota, so okay. I'm not sure what happened on the east. Yeah. But it does look like, uh, you know, kernel depth is a problem. But like we said earlier, the crop is relatively immature. Right. So it does have some time. It does appear there is soil moisture like Brian was talking yep. about. So it's not like we're going into this hot, dry period with uh, a situation with no soil moisture. Right. So there's potential. But how quickly can it get down to that soil moisture necessarily? Because I, I think the well, roots are relatively shallow yeah and the other thing there is is there enough nitrogen for that crop to finish right that's the bigger question that's the bigger question yeah and 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 with like i said earlier it looks to me like the crop's running out of gas and and uh i don't know it 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 looked kind of pukey green and and the the jeff the minnesota producers and we've got a great group of producers from minnesota on the tour with us um they're not they're not very optimistic in that south central part of the state they're very nervous. Yeah, yeah, definitely. About okay. what they're going to have. Okay, beans. We were starting to off the conversation on soybeans. Did you run into any disease issues? No, not really. I mean, yeah. you're, you're always going to have a little bit here and there, but uh, I think this is the, the year of the clean bean crop for the most part. Unbelievable. Yes. and uh, There's still issues out there, but wow. Yes, and, and it's the year of the heavily potted bean crop. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> They are hanging a lot of pods at this point yeah. in time. Yeah. You know, and, and we've talked about this along the way, but uh, we, we all understand that the bean crop is a light-sensitive crop. It matures with based on the length of night is how that crop starts to mature. But the agronomist in Spencer yesterday, Trevor, or uh, no, no, it wasn't Trevor. That was the night before. Anyway, whatever, explained that. If it is hot enough and it accumulates those growing degree days at a quick enough pace, which it was doing in June, normally you wouldn't start to really pod until June 21, you know, the summer solstice. That's when you start to pod. But they were starting to pod in the first week of June on a crop that wasn't planted all that early. So... Something triggered this bean crop. I don't know what it was, but something triggered this bean crop to go ahead and start setting pods earlier. And it's also looking like it's wrapping up earlier, guys, right? Because we're not seeing those little quarter-inch pods. We're not seeing that that off-colored green at the top of the plant where we're getting a new trifoliate. We're not seeing blooms. This bean crop is not going to add to itself based from what it's got right now. No, the, the factory is there, uh, yeah. and, and we've got a lot of pods, and they're pretty plump at this point in time, yeah. so they, what, they'll use the moisture to plump up even more. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that, that is, uh, but you're not adding those extra pods that you do sometimes late in the year. Everybody's been concerned about the disease moving into the Minnesota bean crop, Jeff. Ed, did you notice anything? Only a little bit. Yeah. I didn't think it was that heavy, but uh, one of our crop scouts – did see a little bit more further north than where I was, right along I-90 okay. in the central part. They said it was starting to seep into that area. Yeah. Yep. Okay. More than 1,400 corn samples, more than 1,400 soybean samples, you guys. What can you say about the guys that are out here pulling the samples for us? 
Well, I uh, can't say enough. I know yeah. that. Uh, work as hard as they do every day, you know. And, uh, you know, we've got them from 6.30 in the morning until, I don't know, 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock, whatever time they yeah. get in on the evening. And uh, they give it our all. Um, you yeah. know, they're, they're out there. It's thankless work. Um, you know, it wasn't hot this year, but it was wet. Yep. And uh, I'd rather scout in the heat than the uh, the rain, which yep. means the next year is probably going to be really hot because I just asked <laughs> yeah. for it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank but uh, yeah, we're looking forward to hashtag PF Tour nineteen now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, no, they it, it's no fun to scout in the rain, and and your side scouted in the rain, we scouted in the rain, and uh, you know it, it's rough to get in and out of a vehicle when it's pounding pouring down on you and and yet they did it and they did it to the tune of 1400 samples of of corn and soybeans right so total of 2800 samples jeff they did they got up in the morning they had a smile on their face and then when they came back they had a smile on their face it was it was awesome to me me, for those people tell me how your perspective of the scouts has changed because you've come on 15 20 uh, uh midwest crop tours you've done other tours out there but you were always as a scout and media, this is the first time that you were leading this group. What do you think? The biggest difference for me was that as a reporter, people are less willing to talk to you openly, even though when you get into that car and you say everything is off the record yeah, to get the conversation. The conversations I had in the cars this week, riding around South Dakota, Nebraska, Western Iowa, and Minnesota, which is not an area that I'm as familiar with. Right as the east side, was awesome. We had great conversations, everything, sports, politics, even farming. Yeah, yeah. Even even farming showed up in the conversation. I love it. Well, I want to tell you this. This is the first year that I've gone on tour. I've done 29. And this is the first year that I didn't pull a sample. Um, I'm not going to say that it, changes what I think of the tour at all because I was working on data, obviously doing agri-talk, but I was working on data with who I think was maybe the hardest working person out here on crop tour. And that was Emily Carlin from Pioneer. She's also my daughter. That's why you can hear me getting a little emotional here. But Emily checked every sample I couldn't believe the dedication that she had in checking each and every sample from the western leg and from the uh, western the western leg and the eastern leg, all 2,800 samples. She checked it and stayed at it, and we got this data done on a more timely basis than we've ever done. I mean, hats off to her, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, I told her every night she did a great job, and, and I meant it when I said it. So. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't do that data that quickly without her. That's right. I mean, my first year in here and seeing how much data is going through that computer every night. Right. Awesome. Right. Done right, done correctly, done on time. Right. Exactly. So big thank you to Emily for being out here on the road with us and uh, making sure that we've got timely and accurate data for the the scouts. Uh, Guys, it's been a pleasure giving you – perspective from jeff wilson from brian grady on the crop tour podcast sponsored by pioneer i'll say it again 
these guys, they're not just sponsors of the Crop Tour. They're partners. They're out there providing awesome information at the evening meetings. Uh, the bar, paying for the bar, paying for the food. I mean. They scout along with they us. They scout along with us. Uh, Pioneer is a partner. And RCIS, a shout out to RCIS, another sponsor of the Crop Tour. Uh, they send scouts out there with us every uh, every day, and it's uh, it, it's a pleasure working with these people. It's just uh, uh, an incredible experience being out here on the road with them. And, and uh, guys, I'm telling you right now, it's an honor to work with the both of you uh, and and put this event on. It's uh, it's really cool. So great job today. Thanks, Chip. Great Enjoyed job this it. week. Yeah, yeah. It was a great job. It was. All right. We're signing off from the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. Thanks again to Pioneer for sponsoring not only the tour, but the Crop Tour podcast available on the AgriTalk app. Guys, we'll see you at hashtag PFTour19.